0: Well, Pastor Kirk, excited to have you talk in church. Glad you're here. You're a, uh, an experienced podcaster. You uh, We're also in your office. So thank you for letting us use your office. But uh, pumped to have you here. Tell uh, the the millions of people listening out there uh, what uh, what you do here and um, why why you are wanting, why you said yes to me asking you to be on this.
1: Um, well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And uh, We're going to have fun. Kirk's a fun. the No, fun. I, I'm so happy to be here and uh, want to make it as valuable as possible for the millions of people listening. Uh, no, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. And Logan, I would say yes to anything that you're asking me to do because uh, just, yeah, grateful for your heart to pour into churches um, around our country, around the world. Anybody that would listen to this, uh, it is... One of the things we're most passionate about at River Valley is not just building our church, but building the kingdom of God and providing resources as much as we can. And so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm so happy to be here and uh, grateful for you, your friendship. We've had many church conversations. Oh yeah, um, even just outside of work, just most uh, of them
0: are past one a.m. too.
1: Yeah, late into the night uh, in hotel rooms, just chopping it up. Hotel lobbies usually. Yeah, yeah, we usually get different rooms. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut that out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, what do you do at River Valley? My uh, my title is executive beekeeper. That is true. It is on his door. No, no, it's that's not actually my actual title. But I do have. This is my first summer as a beekeeper, and yeah. it's been a it's been awesome. Uh, but that's not what the podcast is about. My job is looking after what we call local or the local church. And so Pastor Rob, who uh, obviously started this church and and uh, has made room for this podcast and has already been on this podcast, um, he serves kind of in almost this global capacity. He's our lead pastor, but looks after everything from our local church to what you're looking after and influence and missions and global and and everything. My role is really looking after the local church right now here in Minnesota. So uh, we've got campuses around the Twin Cities as well as online. And um, my kind of primary role is looking after our campus pastors um, and their teams as well as our, our central local church ministries. And so that's in three different divisions. One is local creative. That's worship and production. Uh, the other is Next Gen, which breaks into four different departments: youth, kids, our young adult ministry, as well as our leadership institute, and then also uh, discipleship, which is everything from teams and groups and care, men's and women's ministries. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it really. For me, being at River Valley Church the last 10 years, I've had different roles. This is the most fun and the greatest privilege um, to be able to look after what I look after. And hopefully, hopefully I can do this as long as the Lord would have me, as long as Pastor Rob will have me. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's it, I've been in this seat now for over a year. And it has been one of the most fun years in ministry. Most challenging too, with what we've navigated in our world and in the Twin Cities and in our church. But one of the most fun seasons of ministry, working with incredible people, including yourself. Uh, but yeah, just, I feel, like, I feel like Kaylee and I, that's my wife, Kaylee and I are doing life and ministry with our best friends and uh, so grateful to be a part of this church. Well, one of
0: the things that, People when they talk about you, even those who are listening right now, they can tell you're a fun person. You know, you if you ha- if you're a beekeeper, you know you got to be a beekeeper and a pastor, and you know you got to be a fun guy. You just had twins too.
1: Just had twin boys. Yeah, they are um, as we're recording this. Uh, they're six months old, and um, when this comes out, they'll be uh, yeah just just over that. So it's been awesome. They're sleeping through the night. It's wow. crazy. Twin 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 dad life. We also have two daughters uh, that are older. So we've got four kids, two boys, two girls, and um, it's awesome. It's an adventure. It's crazy. And uh, yeah, beekeeping is fun. You can Everybody needs to look up JP the Bee Man on, on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> he's this guy from Louisiana that goes and picks up um, beehives, just no suit, no gloves, nothing. And he's insane.
0: And you actually have a beehive at the church, right? Yep it's uh is it's on a the secret? roof of
1: i don't think it's a secret not we, anymore yeah we asked we we asked about all the legalities it's okay for them to be up there okay and they've been doing a great job <laughs> making
0: honey and yeah yeah
1: yeah i've i've harvested i know everybody this is why they tuned into the podcast so yeah. let me give you the detail i've harvested uh now over 300 ounces of honey just out of this one little hive and it's been fun wow it's just a hobby i get i get like My type of like learning and interest is like binge learning or binge hobbies or interests. I just, I get hooked on something and I go deep. Uh, And so we'll see if next summer I'm around as a beekeeper or I might be doing something completely different. I did that with
0: woodworking during COVID and I bought so many tools and like all this last year, I haven't really done anything with it.
1: You could build me my second beehive.
0: Uh. (laughs) Kirk, I didn't do anything with it. I'm telling you, I oh. didn't gain any skills. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just um,
1: spent money. But but what I, what I want us
0: to talk about is I want to talk about culture mm-hmm. because as we've talked about, you're a fun guy. You're known to be fun, obviously in a high level of leadership position, but you've been, both of us have been young adults pastors uh, mm-hmm. here at River Valley. I, I took over after you and we've since transitioned to Pastor Katie, um, but... We've been working in environments. You've been a campus pastor at multiple different campuses. And most people I would say, say it's fun to work with you. It's fun to work for you. Obviously when we're leading at a high level, we're instilling the leadership culture of that my dad puts in place that is set by our leadership team. But you can have every church, every corporate company, they have a list of values Mm -hmm. and some companies and churches, you know, have values that they live out and other churches it's like, oh, those are the values that are on the wall or they're in the handbook, but you don't actually live out that value and you're not living it in a fun way. You're not having the culture as a staff. Talk a little bit about how you, maybe some of the ways you make sure that the teams that you oversee are living out the values. Because I'm sure every lead pastor, every church, they have a list, but when's the last time you looked at it or when's the last time you've actually taught it?
1: No, I th- that's a good question. I think uh, practically we, we, we teach our values, not just our church values, but also um, there are leadership values that your dad has expressed uh, over the years and has laid out um, in varying degrees of clarity. Um, but it was probably a year and a half ago, two years ago now that he laid out 12 different uh, leadership culture values for our church and yeah we, we we have
0: that on the network youtube as well they yeah. can watch so.
1: so those 12 values we teach through in our staff meetings at our campuses and um and that's awesome but to your point you can teach it but if you're not living it out then it's just it's bogus it's not a, it's not a real thing everybody sees that And uh, in fact, one of our church values is authenticity. And whenever you're teaching something that you're not living it out, it's inauthentic and it's just not going to work, which that's one of the reasons I'm grateful that authenticity is one of our values. Um, And so I I would just say like, yeah, to the churches that are out there that are trying to develop their culture, one, feel free to look at anything that we're doing. You don't have to be like us um, as, as River Valley Church. That's okay if you're not. Uh, but if there's anything that you want to pick up or glean from, that's great. But it has to be authentic to who you are um, and speaking to the the culture of. You said the word fun a few times, and uh, and I'm grateful to be known, hopefully, as a fun person. That's cool. Uh, but one of the things that I I talk about in different pockets of our teams is it's 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 not just it's not just fun like goofy. Um, I think we need to be the best in ministry and as Christ followers at um, doing spiritual things in a spiritual way and being careful about the worship of God. Like it's not just, I I think of man back in Leviticus where the sons of Aaron, you know, they're having a little too much fun and uh, they break uh, one of the rules that the Lord told them not to break and it costs them their life. There's, There's still something I know that's Old Testament uh, but there's still something in 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 today this awe of who God is and how powerful He is and the call of God that's on our life as pastors and ministers that should uh, be this working out in fear and trembling. Like I hope that I'm doing everything that God's called me to do, like, and and when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to pastoring people, ministering to people, we're going to do it with great sensitivity, with great care, um, with great investment. Like, this is real. We look people in the eyes and we care for people. We are a church uh, and this matters. We're going to do spiritual things in a spiritual way. And that's one of the things that I think is beautiful too. It's kind of a tangent, but like, I grew up in the church, I grew up a pastor's kid, and I feel like I've been handed down from my parents, just a great like spiritual legacy, not just that they were Christians, but how they prayed and how they prayed in the spirit and how they led church, how they led meetings, how they, you know, like, there's so much like that I've just picked up like, and that's that's what it's been like generation after generation after generation, um, you know, we're a part of these Assemblies of God, um, we're also an Ark church, um, and there 's like this legacy we 've picked up, you know, and that 's what i 'm trying to pass off to the teams that I look after, the people that I look after, the next generation of pastors and ministers that we need to teach people continually that the way that, the way that we do spiritual things should be in this spiritual way and this carefulness like god God is watching god 's eyes are on this, and it and all this really matters. Okay, so that's intention or in balance with having a ton of fun. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna care for people well. We're gonna pastor people. We're gonna be intentional. We're gonna be authentic. We're gonna be in people's lives in the trenches uh, through thick and thin. But also, we're gonna have a blast doing this. And I just I really believe God didn't call people into ministry. And if you're listening, you're in ministry, uh, serving as a leader, um, or you're on staff, or you're a pastor of a church. God didn't call you to do that, to just suck it up, you know, just like grind it out, you know. Hold on, it'll get better in heaven. Like that's not what God called you to. God called you to to really care for people, but also to enjoy this life. And um, I, I that's something that hopefully I live out. Hopefully we're we're doing a good job teaching, and hopefully that's the culture of our church is. We're gonna we're gonna go after this thing because souls are on the line, people are dying uh, and we're hoping as many of them as possible are going to heaven. We want to expand the kingdom of God. there's an urgency and a seriousness to that, but also we're gonna love this thing and uh, and I think also it's an evangelistic tool like as we're trying to grow our church and reach more people uh, people look at us who are part of River Valley or on staff at River Valley look at us and say, what what is what comes off of you that's what a that's what a Christ follower looks like you know and what what does a what what is exuding from a Christ follower it better be fullness of joy it better be passion and excitement and laughs and smiles and hugs and high fives and sometimes get a little loud you know like that's what a Christ follower should look like all of those things are just godly aspects and um, I, I think it it would be pretty scary if you, if you looked at, you know, if anybody listening came to one of our staff meetings or all staff meetings and felt like, wow, where was the joy or where was the enjoyment or where was the passion, um, you know, and I would love to be a person that leads in a way, and I think it's the way uh, Pastor Rob leads, is he leads, pa- like, passionate about prayer, but also passionate about the party. You know, if anybody knows Pastor Rob, he loves the party. Yes. As much as he loves the prayer mm-hmm. and what the Holy Spirit's doing. And the Holy Spirit's not just moving in prayer. He's also moving in the party. So yeah. that's, a, that's what we believe. And that's, that's part of our culture and hopefully expanding culture at our church. Someone's going to take that snippet and say, Pastor Rob cares. Just
0: as much about the party than the prayer, and they're they're going to say that that's Pastor Rob. But I, but I think it's I think there's something to be said about the why behind it. And I think that's when you were talking. I think that's what I was thinking about is like the why behind why we want to be filled with joy. You know, is it John. I think it's John 17 talking about they'll know your the love of the Father by the way that you love each other. Mm-hmm. Like 14 or 17. But um, that that level of staff culture is what we're talking about. And yeah, yeah. how how can we expect to love the people in our cities, love the people in our countries, love the people where God has put us, if we can't even love the people that we're working with? Yeah, My yeah. dad tells stories all the time about horrible oh, staff he's got, cultures he's got crazy stories. And just crazy stories about how they hate each other and how they, you know, just were gripping things so tightly. And I'm I, we're so blessed to not have that. And there's always pockets of things that you work out and you figure out just because you have a problem at a church doesn't mean you're a total failure. But I think there's maybe even people listening who have been on teams at churches or maybe even the church that are now, hopefully not, but I'm sure there are the, where they're saying this, that's not our culture. Like we don't like being around each other. We don't yeah, yeah, like yeah. having fun together. We don't want to spend time with each other outside of work hours. And it's like, how sad is that to say the most important thing in my life this call that God God placed in my life to serve him for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even like the people that I'm doing it with.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's on the person. I like don't point fingers at at other people on your team or your staff like nobody you know, I don't like them and they because they never do this that or the other thing for me They're, you know, they're not interested in me. They're doing their own thing. They're building their own kingdom. They're whatever. Like, no, it's on you. Like you create the culture, like set it up. That's what leadership's all about. Anyways, you don't have to have the title or the position or the one in control of the meeting to influence the culture of your church and start building relationships. If you, if you are a youth pastor and your worship pastor, you, you and your worship pastor aren't that close. Figure out a way to get close. That doesn't mean you need to be best friends and hang out every night. Like it means you got to set up a meeting and get to know their story and how they were raised and their background and why they are the way that they are and what they care about and uh, things that they love and they're passionate. Like get in people's worlds, like the staff unity uh, or disunity Uh, can be solved by you, you can help, you can help stir that up and build unity within your team. And so, um, but, but I, but I do know that that is a reality for a lot of uh, places, not just churches, but anywhere you work or anywhere you're on a team, like not everybody is super unified. And, and even at River Valley, we go through, we, we do go through things where it's like, there's, there are hiccups and, and, and also not just hiccups, major problems that happen in this world that could divide our team and our staff. But we, hopefully we do a good job. I think we do at talking like, and we've gotten better, especially over this last year, like we gotta talk more. We gotta be, we gotta look each other in the eye more. We gotta get lunch, you know, we yeah. gotta like, let's talk this out and, and work through things so that we can be unified. Doesn't mean we have to agree um, on everything but it means that we have to know where each other's coming from and be unified. So,
0: well, you know, it's no secret that here in Minneapolis, you know, in 2020 last year, it was crazy. And every church, every pastor I'm sure was, I want to say the right thing. I want to, I don't want to make my church mad, but I also want to speak the truth biblically. If there's people that are off base, I want to address that as their shepherd, Yeah. yeah. but I don't want to say too much that I don't need to. And it's this tension, but, Uh, what I've been hearing from pastors and friends in ministry, it's like, yeah, the church was one thing, but the staff, man, that was the hard part because these are people you're trying, you're trying to lead people. And you know, when, when Jesus talks about, or you know, the, my yoke, it's like, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. But then Paul says, don't be unequally yoked. The reason is because you're pulling in different directions. Like you can't, you can't lead something when you're being pulled in different directions. Yeah, but yeah. then we're in the midst of this pandemic. We're in the midst of total unrest, shootings, killings that are happening, riots that are taking place. Yep. And then we're trying to lead people. But then you have people who are part of the same organization that are leading people in different directions. Maybe neither of them is a bad direction, but just different ones. Yep. And we're having to manage that. Talk about some of the conversations you had, obviously we're not saying, hey, I had a conversation with this person or this person. Oh, but I'll like, expose yeah. them. I'll, I have no problem. I'm kidding. <laughs> but like what what some of those conversations look like to say, hey, maybe you're going this direction, which again, isn't a sinful direction or a bad direction. But like, you know, there was a time we we told our staff, everyone on staff, nobody's posting on social media for these three days. Yeah. Not, not because we don't trust you, but because there is a unity that's needed or in this season for our church. And it doesn't mean you you don't have a voice. It doesn't mean you can't have conversations with people in your congregation, your, your, your small group, your teams. It's just social media specifically. We need to put this on pause. And I remember when we made that decision, it was like, how's this going to go? And I know we had some conversations with people who said, Oh, I didn't know that's what we meant or that, but like, like talk a little bit about like how how that worked for us. Cause I know you had yeah. some of the conversations with people who maybe were upset about it or people who uh, posted and, and they did it in, in a good heart, but it was like, oh, I, I totally forgot that we had that yep. you know thing.
1: I think um, it, leading through that situation is really Pastor Rob and Becca, like the spearhead leaders of, of making really hard decisions and also determining where are we going as a church and what, are, how are we going to respond and what are we doing A lot of the conversations I had um, were, I think our team is incredible because a lot of the conversations that I had were people asking, uh, can you help me understand uh, where this decision is coming from? Help me get a higher perspective. Help me come into alignment, you know, and really having like great heart behind that. I think we've grown as a church and yeah. as a team as well, that it wasn't always like that. But the example that you're bringing up right there was that was the response. It was, I felt like it was a very healthy response from mm-hmm. our team of like, help me understand. Um, and so a lot of it was just um, trying to paint a picture of empathy towards our leaders, Pastor Robin Becca, um, and just a leadership principle in general of like, and I think it's a humble place to be of like, I, I don't see everything. Um, I'm not in every conversation uh, like they are. I don't have the weight on my shoulders like they do. Um, I haven't had the sleepless nights like they have Um, the, the um, I haven't had to put things on the line like they have. Like, I know, I know things that your parents talked through Logan that during COVID during the last year, like, where it's like, are we prepared to? Mm-hmm. Are we pre- prepared to put our house up if we had to? If we are, we pre- like not knowing like the outcome yeah. of all this stuff. You know, that's like a real weight. And I think growing in, in the in the position that I sit in, I think I've had to grow in uh, helping not only myself but others grow in their empathy towards leadership. Sure. Like I may not make all the same decisions. Uh, that they do, but I trust them. Yeah, I'm with them. Help me understand, asking questions, help me understand, um, help me to get a higher perspective, those types of things. And so uh, I don't know if I'm actually answering your question, but what I was going to say too, just before you um, move forward, is is, um, I think we also in leadership and the higher you go in leadership is like, let's stay good with spending time with people all of those conversations with people were not five minute phone calls. Yeah. A lot of them were like two hours, two and a half or three hour conversations with people helping them navigate. Cause a lot of the, a lot of the people that like, if you use a term like out of alignment or yeah. disagree or upset about this, or like uh, had questions or, or anything like that, all the conversations I had, ended amazing. Yeah. People like, I love this church. I'm grateful for Pastor Rebecca. I understand better kind of where we're going. It, it didn't necessarily mean like, oh, I would do it exactly the same way now that I know that, you know, and they didn't, it's not that we brought them in on every yeah. aspect of the decision-making process, but I think people take time and unity takes time and alignment takes time. And, uh, and so anyways, I, I just had to grow in like, man, I need to be reminded like people work takes time and I am growing in like loving this. I love spending time with people and talking. This is supposed to be a 30 minute podcast. We could go two hours, you know, like, cause (laughs) I love, I love the time with people and man, if we grow in ministry and we think like church growth and the next system and the next thing is going to get me away from spending time with people. One, that's a wrong attitude. And two, it's incorrect. Like, Mm You got to be with people and you got to love it, you know, Yeah. to to longevity in ministry.
0: You look at Jesus and, you know, even in a meeting earlier uh, today, my dad was talking about that, like Jesus constantly went from the crowds down to the few, to the crowds, to the few, spending a lot of time with people. And he was even okay with like less people. And he would, he would say, Hey, count the cost. There's, there's going to be less people that come. There's going to be half the people they're going to leave. But I think on our on our teams and in our whether for a church maybe it's not staff maybe it's deacons maybe it's key leaders. Yep. um, Are we willing to put in the time? And I think what you were sharing was so good. The lesson uh, for both, I think, the person who's under authority and the person in authority. The person who's under authority, it's you need to prayerfully consider and be aware that you don't have all the context because there's decisions that leaders have to make to where they do have the full picture. And so asking that question, that's such a good question. You don't have to just suppress it. And I think that was something that was super amazing to hear from, you know, our leadership team was, if you have questions, we want to talk about it. Talk to your manager, talk to your leader about it. Like, we don't want to just say, Hey, here's a mandate. You got to listen. If you bring up a question, you're, you're fired. You know, it's, It's, Hey, if we want to be open to this, that's, it comes from our value of authenticity. We don't nail it every time, but it's having that approach as a, a, you know, employee or someone under authority to say, help me understand. Yeah. To say, I, first of all, we want to have a culture to where they're comfortable to ask that question, but then to not go and say, I disagree with this. This is a horrible decision. But hey, help me understand it because clearly I'm missing something. And then if the the three-hour, two-hour conversation of help me understand doesn't get you to the place where you understand, then you have to make a decision to say, is this a place? Am I aligned with culture? Is this the place yeah. I want to be? Um, and, and it may be a bad leader or it may be that you're not the right fit. It doesn't always have to be a bad leader or a bad situation. It might just not be that you're the right fit. But then on the inverse of that, as a leader, you also have to know your people don't, understand because they don't have all the context. And so yeah, yeah. you can't expect like I'm just going to make a decision that I have all the context for, but I can't share it all and I'm just going to expect that they're going to just blindly follow me and yeah, yeah. do whatever I say. And that's also an unhealthy culture if they just do it. Well, what they're doing is they're building resentment. And so Right. I love that we are in the process still of learning what that looks like, but I think that's such a good lesson to say wherever you're at whether you're a leader or serving a leader it's Know that there's context missing and do whatever you can to to learn and and talk and be open in, in the midst of, of of those difficult seasons for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Just yeah, this conversation too is just a reminder of the love we have to have for people and the time that we're willing to put in with them. And not every not every problem can be solved in fifteen minutes. And also not every Not every problem needs to be talked about in three hours either. So that's, that's also not what I'm saying, but um, yeah, just the love for people and the time to put in, you know, and, and uh, being committed to relationships. And also I love that you were like, yeah, today, Pastor Rob was in this meeting. Like Pastor Rob is a leader of leaders and he's still going to meetings. And he's still involved and he's still you know and i think the people the meetings that he's a part of is not every campus staff meeting like the meetings have changed but he's still engaged this is not like he hasn't built something to the point of like i can just peace out you know like he can he can he could but he's still engaged and i love that about pastor rob is like he's still a part of this thing and his heart is in it like if he's gone on a weekend uh whether he's speaking at another church or. Uh, traveling for missions or, or whatever he's doing. Uh, he's still texting on Sunday morning, our campus pastor saying, praying for you right now as you get ready to preach, uh, praying for services. You're like, he's in it, you know? And that's that's relational people work, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's always watching online if he's not there. Or he, he even was talking the other day. He's like, how can I stay more connected with the team if I'm gone? Like if I'm on a trip that's a couple weeks, can I send a video or like, how can I stay connected? And I think that's, that's ultimately his heart is, I mean, it, it's it's fun to serve. We talk about him a lot, obviously, you know, we're, we work super close with him. But I think the also we like him. Yeah, it's we like him. And it, there's an authenticity that he carries uh, that uh, it's easy to talk about him in a good way, because and it's not just because he's our boss. It's like, there's that authentic authenticity that him and my mom they carry and it's I know there's lots of people that's like, Oh, I can talk about my lead pastor in a great way. But like, Maybe don't have that same relationship uh that that we have but uh it's definitely a gift for sure
1: and, and that's a good like podcast idea in, in the future is have have your parents talk about how they've grown as leaders over the mm. years because that's the one thing i've seen too is like today on this podcast th- there's so much good to talk about um uh, but also knowing that they they are growing yeah they're growing every single day and that's what i appreciate too like they're not perfect leaders but they're, they're growing and they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I can be here as long as the, the leader, whoever is at the tip of the spear, sensitive to the Holy Spirit and continuing to grow. You see that. And it's like, man, I've got all the empathy and grace in the world. Like I'm ready to roll. Let's do this thing.
0: Yeah. Already coming up with new ideas. Come on, executive producer. Trying to add value. I'm kidding. (laughs) Come on. Well, uh, if if, uh, you're listening and you want our 12 leadership uh, values as a staff, we can send those over if you just email network at rivervalley.org. But I want to give you one more uh, opportunity if you say, hey, before we close, if there's any other thoughts on culture, on on staff relationship, I know we kind of talked through a lot and like you said, we could have talked for hours more, but if there's anything that you say, hey, I got to get this out or I want to share this uh, with those listening before we close.
1: Nothing major. I I think, um, you know, when you said, Hey, come on the podcast. Let's talk church culture. I think like practical things, just, just before we leave, because I think every church should be doing this no matter what their size or, or no matter what their staff size is. I think, um, the, these are like basic, like managerial, but also leadership that it's easy to miss like in church work. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, we're just doing this together. We're just, we're just doing it. Um, but one is when you have staff meeting, this is just an encouragement. Oh, I think great. this is like major cultural <laughs> stuff. When you have staff meeting, uh, if it's weekly, you know, cause we have church every week. Yeah. Uh, and here's an encouragement. Don't let it just be a debrief of what happened last Sunday and a planning meeting for what's coming this Sunday. Do that in a different meeting in a different setting. Let your staff meeting be the epicenter of what your church's culture is and should feel like. Your your weekly staff meeting should be the best version of what your church culture is. Um, That will then leak into what happens through your ministries and on your weekends. And so we try to make every campus staff meeting uh, kind of the epicenter. We do something called all staff once a month. This is what our church culture is, feels like. This is what it is, you know? And and so a lot of that is we, we have time of worship and prayer. We have time of celebration, every staff meeting. Uh, we have developmental time. Like they, we are teaching on our values. We are, we are doing leadership development and teaching. We're doing Q&A. We're doing time together. We're doing coffee and snacks and breakfast and, you know... Uh, even if you're just running over to the grocery store and getting a dozen donuts, like our, like, it's just an encouragement for your staff meeting to pick that up and let that be the best version of what your church's culture is, so that that gets multiplied through your pastors and leaders um, into your ministries and services. And the other thing too, just real quick, if you're a leader, a pastor, and you've got staff that you oversee, or you for sure have volunteers that you oversee... Um, make sure in a managerial relationship that you are spending the appropriate amount of time with the people that you look after. Don't just do ministry with people. And it's like, Oh, we see each other every seven days on Sunday and we do services together. No, if they, if they directly report to you, you need to have one-on-one time with them. You need to know their story. You need to know their family. You need to care more about the, their family, their marriage, their children, uh, their health, Uh, their future, you need to care more about that than the ministry that they are providing or they're doing or they're executing. And so let that just be like, as before you stop this podcast, Um, make sure your one-on-ones are healthy um, and that they're in your calendar and that you as the leader are initiating that time and make sure that your staff meetings are the epicenter of what your church's culture is. Um, and, And side note, if you didn't pick it up, it already is the epicenter of what your church's culture is. So if your staff meeting sucks, I'm sorry to say your your, your staff culture and and also just the culture of church is probably not great. And I'm not trying to discourage. I'm just saying. No, like, but I think it, I think it pinpoints for some people. It's the to authenticity
0: say, part. To say, you know, wh- why am I not getting the results that I was hoping for in, in this church? Um, if if staff meeting is is a tough thing to get through every week. Well, maybe start there, and I think that the maybe the the reaction would be, well, you know, we're if we don't have enough time. But I, I think that the unity and the um, growth of your team, the relational growth of your team, in that three hours, four hours, however long it is, will make the rest of your week work way more efficiently and way better because you're 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 breaking down walls, and when there's oh, yeah. no walls, when there's no barriers, you can move so much faster.
1: Yeah, don't. <laughs> Don't use the same excuse that your congregation uses to not tithe. <laughs> don't we're talking about kingdom principles. Yeah. Don't say we don't have time to do great yeah. things and invest into people. Like, no. What what they will produce as you take care of your people will be far beyond than yeah. if you were like, let's wrap it up. We talked about Sunday service, we're good, let's go. Yeah. No, like let's let's do spiritual things in a spiritual way and have a lot of fun. And that takes time. Take it or leave it.
0: No, we'll take it. We'll take it. Well, Pastor Kirk, loved having you. Appreciate you. Excited, Love you. Excited. We'll, ha- we'll have you back. It'll be awesome. We'll bring
1: donuts next time, right? Huge thanks uh, to Corey, to Lindsey, and to Zach, who are sitting behind the camera oh, yeah. and behind the microphones.
0: Praise God Love they're us. making us sound great. <clears throat> yep. All right. See you guys. See you later.